Tips for people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tap. Heroism straightens up and he's already got busy on heroism, already busy on Van Winkle as Mr. Tickets joins. Hi, Harry, trying to get through. Burden getting through and boingo. She sprints down the outside but hasn't got away from her as yet as Van Winkle rushes up and Burden back along the rails, stretched across the track. Van Winkle has his nose in front. Hi, Harry is starting to rattle. Van Winkle. Van Winkle takes the cup for 2021 over Burden. Hi, Harry. That song got home hard. Yes, Van Winkle. A bit of a blowout for punters. $17 chance. Mark Oates, the trainer, and Jason Misson, the rider of the Longreach Cup on the weekend. It was a massive day and a very special day for Rob Luck, who joins me. Good morning to you, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Steve, and uh, I think I'm still recovering, but we got through it well, and we made sure we looked after Tony Clements. He worked hard out here, of course. I'm glad you mentioned Tony Clements, because Tony was there as a master of ceremonies on the day, and he presented you with something very special at Longreach. Tell us all about it, please. Ah, yes, uh, very honoured to receive life membership, and my wife, Leanne, a certificate of appreciation for... I suppose the eight years of presidency and uh, just contributions to to racing in general and the build-up of the club and country racing across the board. So it was a lovely, uh, lovely surprise. I um, I was wondering what you were alluding to when you texted me <laughs> yesterday. Now I know, don't I? <laughs> Twelve years on the committee and, of course, uh, when Tony Clements spoke to you, you, you mentioned about the club being in a great position at the moment. Who would have thought, honestly a couple of years ago, that we'd be able to sit in our lounge rooms and watch Longreach Cup on on Sky Racing on a Saturday prime time. Exactly right. And it commenced in 2015 when Radio Tab did a radio live one with uh, TAB betting and it's progressed then to that stage of the Sky Channel coverage. I think this is our third year. But what's so impressive, Steve, is that expanding all the time these Sky coverage uh, meetings with Tab... Uh, betting and radio tab coverage across the state there were 11 I think we're getting out to around 15 now and and that's been one of the goals and we promoted it on Bushbeat many many years ago that if we could get this coverage showing just how good country racing is and yes Longreach is a totally different track as you would have seen it's clay based it gets dusty but it's part of the outback experience and something like Close to 1,200 people were there enjoying that day um, and it was a great achievement for the club and first-year president Andrew Watts uh, who's taken over the reins and and the committee, I'm still on the committee as vice president, but I could sit back and just worry about calling races because it was all happening around us and it went off uh, without a hitch and a very successful day and it was just the right weather. The racing was absolutely great, Steve, and the odds were magnificent for those who found the each-way specials. And I can tell you something, Van Winkle looked the goods before he went out on the track. You said, well, I even said to the crowd, if you want a good each-way bet, this is the one to get on because he looks magnificent. Mm. Ignore his last couple of runs. When are you going to come uh, mayor of Longreach, Rob? What's that, sorry? <laughs> I think people start, you said that when they're going to the barriers, people will be calling you for, to be mayor of that particular <laughs> town, the way things are going. Ah, well, I I don't know if they take too much notice of my tip because usually the one I pick second's got the best chance. But, um, yeah, no, no, we'll leave those uh, political jobs alone. We've done (laughs) enough of that fighting for newspapers out here at the moment. So (laughs) we'll just concentrate on the races. And and look, uh, Richard Simpson, who owns this horse, Van Winkle, he bought it last year from Stephen Rundle, I think it was, for about 18000 to win last year's cup. Three days later, he turned up on the truck after buying it and it ran in the cup and ran second to none other than Bolenti. So when you look at his form, 
he's uh, he's had a wonderful record, even though he's only won, I think, three times um, since that time, including the Caulfield Cup four runs ago. But it's, his last couple of runs have been disappointing. But Mark Oates uh, put pads under the front hooves. There were problems with his uh, feet, and he got that right. And, oh, he just looked magnificent going out in the track. And even when they go around in the preliminary, he just stretched out, and you thought, hmm, this is the horse we should be on. I haven't mentioned it in my own tips, so we better tell the crowd. But it was a strong win because uh, Jason Misson, he riding in confident form, uh, winning, uh, getting a winner at least every uh, week. He got a double on Saturday. And Burden was a strong run as well because he's moved up into that grade and that distance now. And High Harry and Boingo uh, had a chance, but the weight just uh, weighed her down and couldn't sprint through the line. But Van Winkle, a very worthy winner and great training, Mark Oates. Uh, Richard Simpson trained it for the first four runs in its career once he bought it, handed it over to Mark, and he's done a great job. And I tell you what, he's going to be a worthy contender in the Country Cup's qualifier final because that's one of the heats of them. Uh, and that was the importance of that uh, race on the day, the Sprout Ag Longreach Cup, Steve. But, uh, yeah, J- um, Jason Misson picks up that double because he got a double with uh, Wall Street Tycoon in the... Um, in the open sprint, and this is an impressive horse, this Tycoon Rilla, three from three from Toddy Austin, who also had a... There were doubles everywhere, in fact. Mm. Kettleston, Josh Fleming's a part owner. Brooke Richardson, last race, Brooke, she got the win for Todd uh, and Kettleston in the very last race of the day. Rodney Little, a double, and I bet if you could bet uh, after the event you saw... An all-up of Rodney Little's opening winner, Cheeky Chops, at $21. And he's always promised to do this, this horse. Johnny Rudd steered at home over Tower Road, and do I have to? And then his other winner, My Fixation, in the cutest maiden, $14. Emma Bell on board. Uh, they'll be having a field day. But uh, Rod Little does a great job down there at Ilfracombe. And the horse that probably stood out from Winton the previous week, um, uh, Flash Vivian, Scotty Giddos rode it there at Flash Time. Well, it did the same. It was about eight lengths off them in last place and rattled home to beat Kelmar on the line and you're my hero. And good on Scotty Giddos. That was his first uh, TAB meeting win as a uh, apprentice. And to wrap up Longreach, of course, the other win on the day came with Matt Crop coming. He brought a team out and, um, and owners uh, with him as well because they had Mr. Tickets trying to get that qualification. But Matty Gray kicked home Coins Road, and this was impressive, the spirit of boom. Uh, it was just travelling throughout and beat same old story and um, Oliphants. But you can't take it away from Van Winkle. And uh, now that Mark's got him right, uh, he was unplaced behind Penny Agua last year in the final, but I think he's going to go a lot better this year, and he's certainly a very worthy contender. Mm. But, look, across the board, Steve, there's wonderful um, entertainment. The, the crowd was enjoying everything. The Sprout Egg uh, marquee with all the dignitaries from Brisbane and everything coming up, uh, they had a wonderful time. And uh, it was just great to be able to showcase country racing again on Sky Channel. Mm, yeah, couldn't agree more. Just one question I wanted to ask you. You mentioned Matty Gray. He rode the short prize favourite there in the second for Todd Austin, You're My Hero. Did it have its chance or not? I didn't catch that one. Uh, You're My, You're hero. my hero. It was $1.45, uh, I know. $1.40. Yeah, it's probably 1,000 metres is a fraction short. Gary Peoples, part owner, I mentioned at uh, Ilfacombe, he was, he was really pleased when he got it up to 1,200 and it won there. It was out the back as well with Flash Fibian. And it came home hard, but it, you could just see it needed that extra 50 to 100 metres. So 1,200 plus for your My Hero, and that's the first time it's been uh, beaten out here. It was two from two prior to that. Um, but Flash Fibian, David Rewald was quietly confident, $21. And when you look through the odds, there was only one favourite on the day, and it was Coins Road for Matty Crop's team and Matthew Gray uh, picking that favourite up and getting it home. Uh, but across the board... 
there was some very good each-way value shining through at Longreach, Steve. Mm, you mentioned the rewards. Haven't they been? There's, I, I can't name them all. I know there's a heap of them, but haven't they been involved in racing for as long as I can remember anyway? The rewards. Oh, definitely. Taroom based, and, of course, Taroom's one of the meetings we look at the, this, uh, this morning. And uh, David, of course, uh, trainer... And jockey and Graham Rewald, his dad, down in uh, Taroom and on the uh, country racing panel as well. So very heavily involved. And, and look, this is the thing about all racing, but particularly country racing, the history of these families um, behind uh, that. And just an interesting thing, I got a lovely badge, by the way, for my um, uh, live membership. And they pinned it on my coat. I took my coat off, went in the secretary's office, left it there. And when I was leaving at night, I got I thought, I better get my coat. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know what happened. I seem to have misplaced the badge, Steve. It's gone for a wonder, but I'll be fixing that up and getting a new one down the track. Someone didn't take it off, did they? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I don't, I don't know. No, no, no. There will be no one trying to claim that they're a life member, but maybe someone could say it's the shortest life membership. Oh, I was going to say, if I hope someone didn't take it badge. off to cash converters, try and get some coin for it after a bad day on the punt. <laughs> I don't know. It might turn up, but these things have a way of turning yeah, up. Yeah, of course they? it will. Of course it but, will. But congratulations on that. That's yeah, a great thank you very much. It was a, a lovely surprise and uh, yeah, great honour to join all those life members, including Peter Anderson, who's currently uh, there as one of the bookmakers and does all our our, tra our grounds creation, everything like that. And of course, we lost uh, Laurie uh, Eisentrager the previous week, and he was a life member. And uh, yeah, no, it's just great to be part I bet of that. Tony, Tony I, would have been thrilled as well, Tony Clements, to you know be allowed to you know present the award to you as well, uh, given the relationship yeah. you've had on this program for such a long time now. And he was able to give a, a lovely bit of background to it all and probably some of the things that I'd forgotten about. But, uh, look, we just love doing what we do for country yeah. racing and um, and hopefully uh, help build uh, country race clubs. But I was curious to know what you thought about when we hear this uh, Ewan Cup result because I know you were keen to see Ewan uh, on Friday in the again on Sky Channel. First time ever in Ewan's history and... Oh, the club presented extremely well. We're going to hear more, of course, when uh, Peter Rowe comes on. But what I love about these two-day meetings, Steve, is that you get things like horses will um, run over the uh, over the two days. You look to see who uh, the leading trainer is and the leading jockey, and Pete will tell us all about that. But, of course, it was a Country Cups Challenge qualifier, uh, the Ewan Cup, and it was taken out by Johnny Mansman's Bernie's Tiger across the track in the cup where it's uh, still break my stride in front ask me tomorrow got a dream run Cleesey shot him to the lead down the outside Guanzo it is Bernie's Tiger Bernie's Tiger's coming with a big sail down the outside he ranged up to Guanzo but it's Bernie's Tiger Bernie's Tiger's coming away with the Ewan Cup and Bernie's Tiger wins easily from ask me tomorrow then Guanzo yeah he's got his eye on this horse Bernie's Tiger he's seven years of age but you wouldn't know it and of course Richie Stevenson trained him for for the majority of his career and as we touched on Rob Ritchie only announced in the past couple of weeks that uh, he's retiring from training and John Manselman obviously he's like he's enjoying their environment when John's stable and yeah back-to-back -back wins Bernie's on the weekend and John's Friday John's renowned as a trainer of milers and stayers and uh, I, I will put my hand up and say I mentioned it as a chance last week as we uh, as we welcome Peter Rowe to the show and uh, good morning to you Peter what a wonderful uh, exhibit of country racing displayed by you and on Friday and Saturday but particularly Friday with the uh, Sky 
coverage. And, of course, before we go any further, congratulations to you with War Singer taking the cutest race and you beat Dad's home horse uh, in Action Jackson and reverse that recent uh, Quinella result. Congratulations to you both and uh, welcome again to Bushbeat. Yeah, good morning, guys. And, um, yeah, it was good to get one back on Dad, that was for sure. Um, and I was pretty stoked to take out the first tab race ever to be run at Ewan. But um, all credit, as you said, to you guys. I think you both might have even tipped Bernie's Tiger last week. I tipped Zoo Villa. Here I am running 10 and a half lengths down the track. And, and Bernie's Tiger takes out the, the cup. And it was great to see Chelsea Jockey back up in the north, combining with Johnny, who mm. she's had a lot of success for. But my system, uh, Pete, went out the door because I don't back long price winners at their next start. It was $15 Bernie's two ago and nine fifty on the weekend. <laughs> Yeah, it was a good win, and it drew the outside, and it came with a barnstorming run, and it goes to prove that you can win from back in the pack on on the bush tracks. You don't have to be in front. Yeah, and you and Pete has that bit of a reputation. Like they seem to be winning mainly from the front, but Bernie's Tiger, it was exactly the same way he won at uh, Townsville as well, and I I think he was a lot longer just prior to the jump. He's around I thought seventeen or nineteen dollars, so he certainly came in. Uh, he's he's going places. He's a Bernardini, and uh, he's certainly going to be a good uh, contender in the Country Cups final and I wouldn't be surprised that John will aim uh, for something like the Emerald 100 uh, on path towards the uh, the final but he's going to be a worthy contender Most definitely, yeah, he's only had a couple of runs in the north and it wasn't by any means a weak field the UN Cup, you had horses like Ask Me Tomorrow who was a really top line three year old in Rockhampton Guangzhou who finished out just out of the placings in a couple of our big cups and then genuine open company horses like LA walking in Roxburgh so it was a good win it had 59 kilos and um it for a, a mile uh, 1750 on a firm track they ran around 146 and a half which isn't slow and it was a really good cup and a really great weekend of racing and the great thing about these uh two-day meetings I was saying to Steve in the intro there um you get horses that will win on both days. They don't all try to back up, but there's usually one or two will try to do it. Uh, you then get uh, great uh, uh, presentations in terms of trainer of the uh, of the weekend and jockey of the weekend. I'm sure you've got all that information for us uh, this morning, Peter, but I did know there was one dual winner called Tempo took out a win on both days. It did, and its win on the second day was more than full of credit. It went up two kilos in uh, penalty. It carried 65 kilos, and at one running away from them by a length and a quarter and um, a special mention to Terry McGovern, he only took the two horses up and Bridget had had its first start on the first day and he told me, well, we were camped next to him actually and he said it was just more of a travel mate for Tempo and he was 50-50 on Saturday morning whether to back the horse up. He said he's never done it before and, you know, a lot of people think it's not the best thing but um, his theory was the horse was there. It didn't have to travel. It had pulled up a million dollars, eight all its dinner. And I bet you he's glad he, he did do it because not only did it win both days, it also gave Terry the trainer of the meet for the for two uh, the two wins. So um, he was all smiles on Saturday. And Carl Spry would have been happy because uh, that gave him the natural double uh, riding at both days. Yeah, most definitely. And I think he was even happier on Saturday because he got to have a drink after his first ride because he, he told me he was no worries about making 65. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and there's another horse in that first day. I know you've given it a, a huge rap earlier in the year, and it, it was, I think, about six or seven wins in a row for Ricky Ludwig. And then just unplaced its uh, last two in that strong uh, Cairns Carnival time. But I noticed they were on soft tracks a lot of his unplaced run. Tycoon Thunder, the horse I'm talking about, took the other feature on the Friday, the Ewan Bracelet. 
Yeah, it did. Blinkers on. Um, a good ride by Frankie Edwards. They went helter skelter. This old boot shaker um, is an old marvel. He's 12 years of age, and he was he ran him along like he was a five year old. He he then the tenor and hit snooze went um, crazy in front, and and Frankie gave Dream Like the absolute. Uh, sorry, gave Tycoon Thunder the absolute pearl of a ride right behind the speed. And, um, got through a gap late. Dream I can looked like it was going to make it two in a row. Chelsea rode it a very patient race, and I think she'd be the, the first jockey to get that horse to relax. Normally, he takes charge of his riders, but Chelsea's got magnificent hands, and it was out the back, gone to sleep, and it looked the winner. And then you see Tycoon Thunder bobbing through the gap, and it got there to beat Dream I can and the tenor who's um, up this way with formerly with the Johnny Dan stable. I think um, Charlie's had it for a couple of runs now. It, it ran third and. Hit Snooze was a much improved run for fourth. It was um, one of the horses that qualified for the Battle of the Bush final. I, I definitely think um, she'll be thereabouts again next year as well. Um, with by Salsa Dream, I was, I was looking through results too in terms of jockeys. I don't know if they do a jockey's award, but there was multiple jockeys who got the uh, double. I think on the first day, Jason Lyon might have been the only jockey, and he's a well-travelled jockey, rode your uh, warhead mare as well. Um, but the uh, Kristen Swaffer, I know, took a double, and she got it with Salsa Dreaming. But what a run by Unique Journey, carrying 65 kilos. It also came from the uh, the back of the field in that race. Yeah, it was a good run, a uh, good run race. That uh, I think is a, a lower class. It's a benchmark 50, and it's always a good field because you never really get your low class races over distance. Um, Kristen rode Salsa Dreaming a treat. She sat on speed, and um, there's a mid race move. Frascati Miss went from last to first in the space of 100 metres, and um, Souls of Dreaming was able to, you know, pick it off just when they straighten and then kick clear, and it looked like it was going to win easy. And as you said, Unique Journey, another newcomer to the north, 65 kilos, um, rattled home, and halfway down the straight, you thought it was going to catch Souls of Dreaming, but I think the the turnaround, the six kilos and the weights, was the, the telling factor there. And and Battle run third, and that um, it was a nice, honest race. He's been around for a while. Battle is, he doesn't like to win, but he's he's definitely back in form, running some nice races. Just tell us, was there a jockey uh, winner? Because Graham Cleesey had that win on Trapassi, and then he had a win on the Saturday, and uh, there was himself, I think, uh, Kristen Swaffer, of course, having a double. Steve Wilson uh, had a double. Carl Spry had a double almost today. No one missed out on the doubles there, Pete, uh, during the Saturday. Was there a jockey winner over the two days? Yeah, there was. Kristen Swaffer took it out. She um, had two winners in, I think, two or three seconds, and um, she got there, and we'll come down to the last race on the... Um, second day actually Kristen went into the race I think one maybe two points in front of Chelsea Jockic and um, it was it was all down to that if Chelsea finished in front of Kristen Chelsea would have taken it and if Kristen finished in front of Chelsea it was Kristen's and Kristen was lucky she ran second and Chelsea ran third so halfway down the straight you could have you could have seen the girls they were screaming at their horses to get them home and Wilson upset them both but Kristen finished first past the post on hard yaga um, ahead of Nishani Rebel, but Kiss Me Later got up on the on the line, but it, it gave Kristen the rider of the weekend. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Hailers Terry. You mentioned Bootshaker, the same uh, stable, Raymond Williams. Hailers Terry, we know it around this area. It, it travels far and wide, and it's got plenty of speed. I didn't get to see this, but I'm assuming it would have been well up on the speed, one of uh, Kristen's winners uh, on the day on Saturday. Actually, I, I was quite surprised. I thought that as well, Rob, um, for watching it race down your way, it jumps and runs, and I said to Kristen, I said, you'll probably find yourself in front if not on speed in this. And I was proved an idiot. She was back midfield and come with a, a barnstorming run down the outside. And again, over 800, you rarely see that, but she would have been probably three or four lengths off the leaders on the point of the turn. But um, it's 
deceptively a, a quite a long straight at you wanted to be on the plus side of 320 330 meters which for a little bush track you don't see very often but it definitely um gave that horse enough time in the run in to run him down and it beat paris in may and solomon who was first up from a break while brucey hunter it was great to see brucey's horse back in in some form which was good to see make this trip out worthwhile and of course, the other two winners on the day, without uh, the too much detail here, Dangerfield, Ronnie Finch, and Stephen Wilson. One of they will eat book ended the program on the Saturday, and of course, Graham Cleesey with Jeffrey Court and Giordano uh, wrapped up that uh, great two-day meeting up there, Peter. Yeah, it was that, and that was a good win. Dangerfield's been it's deserved of a win, and Giordano, it's a nice horse going places, and I think Jeffrey just wanted to take it out there for a bit of a easier run um, than he's been facing the tabs, and have got the job done. I reckon the whole year in committee must be congratulated there. That that looked magnificent on the day. The vision was fantastic. The barrier stalls all all decked out. Um, you know, they'd be pretty proud. And I reckon they've been doing a great amount of work and getting some big improvements to, to their facilities. Um, it was fantastic, Rob. It's like we all went out in the mounting yard watching the races as you do, and um, they're loading up for the first. And next minute, the mounting yard looked like a, a graveyard. Everyone was up on the in the jockeys' room watching the TV because we all wanted to see what it looked like on TV. And they've done a fantastic job. The crowd was awesome. The facilities uh, for for the horses and when you camp there are first class. The stabling is great. The, the, the amenities block. Um, it was fantastic. And the crowd's getting bigger and bigger. I think David Woodhouse said on the Thursday night they had another 290 bookings uh, for the races for the Friday so um, it was fantastic the track raced well, yes it's a bush track it's dusty um, but it had a great grass cover, we took six horses out between Dad and myself and they've all pulled up a million dollars which is fantastic and I've heard no uh, injury stories coming out of it, we had the two days racing, it it was fantastic and um, I definitely think moving forward fingers crossed they can get at a double tab meeting in the years to come because as you're seeing, like the, the quality of racing was great. I've got owners in Walsinger who are based, well, big Cameron Ritchie's, everyone knows Cam. He's in Darwin and, and Campbell McCallum, a good friend of mine. He's a trainer in Perth now and they tuned in. Campbell had no idea where Ewan was, but he was watching it on TV because that's where our horse was racing. And I did the same on Sunday. I, I messaged him. We had a horse race at Tudier, which is the equivalent of Ewan for Perth. So it was great to see and, and it was great for everyone to be able to tune in from wherever they were around Australia to watch their horses race. Yeah, you mentioned 2J and WA. I look forward to that watching that race every year. It's a bit like in South Australia too. Uh, there's talk about the mindari Halidon uh, track, of course. Uh, they may not be racing there in the future as well. Yeah, it's disappointing. One of Dad's owners actually took out the cup with Wright Bower this year and um, <laughs> races like that, it, it's a big thing for the community and you know, we try and get to as many places as we can. I only went to Ewan for the first time about four years ago. I convinced Dad to go out with me two years ago. And then last year he said to Peter, you're staying in Cairns and I'm I'm going to Ewan. So it's when, once people go and support them, you know, you always want to go back. And Ewan's definitely between Ewan and Oak Park. They're my two top country meetings of the year. I love going and getting out of reception and just camping and having a good time. And actually getting to hang out with the racing people in a relaxed environment, which you don't get to do too often when you're at the races and the carnival time, and it was fantastic. I'll just ask you a question without notice, because from memory, Sonia Wiseman used to do a lot of riding for your stable many years ago. Do you know what she's up to at the moment? Yeah, Sonia was apprentice to Dad and um, finished her apprenticeship up here, and she had a nasty fall at Darwin um, just before the Cup, uh, and she's on the sidelines. I was only talking to her last week, actually, She's the one who 
put me onto Jason Lyon for the weekend. I obviously she rode with him quite a bit and she gave him a big rap and thankfully I, I listened to her. Um, but she's like part of the family, Sonia. She's she's in Darwin. She's not back riding yet. Um, she had a nasty head knock and her memory's almost back to where it was. And, and with a bit of luck, she'll have a, a memory test pass and her head scans everything passed in the next couple of weeks and she'll be back to track work. Oh, lovely. Yeah, that was 28th of July you're talking about, the Fanny Bay race. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was a nasty fall. And the three of the riders went down and um, Sonia and another young girl, I can't remember who it was, fell first and they ended up a, a bit worse for wear. But she's as tough as they come, Sonia, and she loves the horses more than anything. So no doubt she'll be back riding whenever, as soon as she can. Mm. Well, Pete, you've summed up you and absolutely perfectly. That two-day meeting, I'll be doing Twin Hills in a moment, which is another one with the same atmosphere because I've been there and experienced that. And once you've been there, you go back again. Haven't had the opportunity yet with Twin Hills, but uh, you and down the track maybe. Uh, great reporting again and uh, thank you again for coming on this morning no worries at all guys and hopefully we got a good wrap of Gordon Vale which is the Gordon Vale Cup meeting this weekend so looking forward to that as well oh definitely thanks again Peter no worries um, and Steve Twin Hills the same same approach two day meeting Friday Saturday horses do back up jockeys across the board multiple wins trainers multiple wins Glenda Bell the Queen of Emerald of course of Pioneer Park took the meeting and the training honours because on the Saturday she almost did the program four of five, four winners out of the five. It was only the first that she missed with a seven-year reward for Tanya Parry and Timmy Brummel, and Timmy got a winner on both days. But uh, her winners, and with Martin Halley, Martin, uh, of course, uh, he's a he's a hard-working jockey. He gets around and he supported Glenda out there. Three winners, Carino, Tricky Beans, took the cutest money as well at its second start in a race. Louis the Legend took the Twin Hills Cup, the Master Prince six-year-old, which had won at Rocky in July, and it started favourite, beat Ancient Echoes and Wren Plucked, and they're good, good horses, those two. Uh, Shirashi, uh, the written tycoon man that's had uh, two wins in one second its last three, wrapped up that program, but that was Talia Fenlon who uh, rode that one with a three-kilo claim when it beat All Else and Watchlist. But Talia started the day on Friday with an exciting horse Kevin Miller's got called Zanado, uh, having its third start in a race, and now three wins out of three odds on favourite in the Class B. Well placed there by uh, Kevin. I know that was uh, dual nominated or dual accepted. Watch list for Joshua Mansman and Alicia Donald. Timmy Brummel's other winner, of course, Rocket Head for Tanya Parry. And Billy Johnson uh, had a double on uh, the first day, a race-to-race double on Dakota Graham Road, both side trip and froze. I know that uh, Glenda Bell was the trainer of the meeting. I'm just not sure if there was a jockey of the meeting. I'm sure there was. So uh, I'd say it was Martin Halley at a guess there with those three wins there for that other dual meeting in a unique spot out in the bush they have camp drafts rodeos and bands and everything else going and it's just a wonderful experience to go and uh, and visit these meetings steve and you saw you saw the end result with ewan on tv but the whole feature of the weekend revolved around the country cups and the country stampede and the country stampede um first heat for the series kicked off with two meetings, one at Gladstone and one at Mount Isa. And the Gladstone winner, Hard Stride, well, he was the winner of the Stampede last year in the same combination. Jason Judge and Paul Hamlin taking out that qualifier. Now, the four of them are in line. Quite remarkable. This is going to be a very good race where it's Hard Stride, the old fellow. He's gone to the front. On the inside was I'm Jacko. Well, there's one running off the track there. It's uh, River Span went right off the track. 
I'm Jacko's left in front with about 200 metres to go. Hard Stride's putting it to him on the outside. It's I'm Jacko just in front. Hard Stride on the outside's coming at him. Hard Stride under Hamlin's hard riding is going to be too good. And the veteran wins Hard Stride from I'm Jacko. Third then was Riverspan who ran off on the home turn and dropping out to be last was Beware. Yeah, Tony Wode mentioned the word veteran there. He's had 102 career starts, 16 wins, 17 seconds, 14 thirds. His prize money, he's by Street Sense, by the way, is $785,000. And, of course, he's been everywhere. He started his career, well, he was with um, Tony Sears and prior to that he was Matthew Allerton and also Simon Zara in Victoria, Rob. Tony McMahon is with us. And Tony was back back behind the binoculars, which was great to hear. I know you've had some shoulder injuries there, Tony, and uh, recuperating and recovering well, but uh, great to hear that win of hard stride. And again, he goes back to defend his crown in the uh, championships if they head that way. Good morning to you. Yes, good morning, uh, Rob. Good morning, Steve. Yeah, he's a remarkable horse, isn't he? An 11-year-old. And uh, the funny part about that race, or not funny part, but the, the runner-up, I'm Jacko, was a 10-year-old. So there was plenty of age there, but uh, they had a pretty good... Uh, Jewel for half the straight, then uh, Hard Stride just uh, asserted his superiority. He uh, he looked in fine fettle. Jason Judge, I, I watched him particularly after the the win. He walked the horse around the enclosure for quite some time and uh, hosed him down, then walked him around again and uh, eventually went into the swap store. So he, he obviously has a, a great affinity with this horse. And uh, Paul Hamlin, you know, he, he's quite a remarkable character coming up from Sunshine Coast for just one ride. Um, he, comes, he goes anywhere just for a ride and uh, he rode the horse very well for 63 kilos Yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll want to continue the association because he took the final last year uh, coming across from the outside barrier so I'm sure a bit of an incentive for Paul to get up there but actually across the board at Gladstone they was all shared the honours wasn't there no doubles on the day and there's some comeback jockeys involved and some jockeys at Young Apprentices on the way up Yeah Robert it was an interesting meeting because as you're, you're aware in uh, recent times particularly when there's so many clash meetings. Uh, some horses are scratched because of a shortage of jockeys, but we had 12 riders at Gladstone last Saturday, which is a, the most I can recall being there in donkey's years, and uh, they came from here, there, and everywhere. Um, the first race on the card, the maiden plate, this is won by uh, Baby Vanga, trained by Lee Wanless and ridden by Dan McGilbray, the apprentice jockey from uh, from Roma. It's a lovely type of horse, this. I, I think it can go on. It's had a couple of runs in Victoria before Lee Wanless got it, and second at Tangville prior to this win, but... Uh, I had a very good look at it. It's a horse you'd like to have in your stable. I, I suggest that it's going to be one to follow in the country regions. There's one from Ruskin, and he did it. Uh, the next race was a good win, and there's a little bit of a story here too. This was the uh, bench kid's benchmark handicap. Big money, that an 850-metre race. It was won by Dunn at a game, written by James Baker. Now, he, he's done a fabulous job. He uh, was a leading apprentice in Brisbane many, many years ago, and he made a comeback earlier this year. He shed something like... Um, Oh, 25 kilos or something. He got down to about 57. He struggled a little bit of late. He told me that uh, after this ride on Done It Again, he was leaving this week to take up um, a contract with Cameron Crockett at Scone. Um, I'm, I do mainly riding track work, but he'll be available for rides down there too. So uh, he struggled with his weight. He's done a good job. He's been riding in Rocky now for about six months. So uh, he's a journeyman and he heads down to Scone this week. Done it again. Uh, it, it won very well from Crispy Kev and Ararak, but there was a huge run in the race. The horse called uh, Kipchoge, trained by David Reynolds. It was tailed right off in the in the early stages, and it did a fabulous job to get up the fourth. And there's no doubt it's going to win a race very very shortly. So it's the horse to follow there. The uh, next race was the benchmark 50 over 11.94 metres. This is won by uh, Alicia Ross, who of course was crowned the leading country apprentice, and she won the uh, 
Queensland Jockeys Association recent award for the British Jockey of the Year in the country. Won by uh, Lucky Matthew. Hit one effectively. Uh, trained by Mark Lewis. Uh, the win was uh, by about half a length from all game. Trained by Honey, Tony Hess and Setman Sage came from um, Damien Wright out stable at Sangul. You know, we spoke about hard stride. It's when we've covered that. And the last race, this, this was one of these things, and I've been calling races now for something like 51, 52 years, and David Reynolds has got a, a fabulous set of colours as far as I'm concerned, the Dolby trainers. Those lovely colours, they're um, white with purple stars. Now, lo and behold, those colours are almost identical to a horse called Clusterfest, uh, written by Cody Collis. Happy Frank was David Reynolds' horse, and Clusterfest's colours are purple stars, stars on sleeve and cap. Mm. Now, around the back, they're identical, and you wouldn't believe it, the two of them fought the finish out, but they're, it's just one of those little little things that happened. I've never seen it before with purple and whitish colours like that, almost identical, and uh, Clusterfest was too good. He had the blinkers, which made him easy to distinguish, and winning from Happy Frank and uh, Craig Lee Clinkers was third. And the winner was trained by Lee Kernan, He's been a resident trainer at Gladstone for uh, a decade. Did a good job with this horse. It uh, started previously on the 11th of September over 1,075 metres. And the next start he gave it on Saturday was over 15, 17 metres. So uh, he deserves a salute for a, a good job done there. Lee Kernan just raced by the, the Wienert family, David and Judy Wienert and Lee and his wife. David, of course, is the, uh, the uh, CEO, president at least, of the Gladstone Surf Club. And uh, they do a wonderful job. So yeah, I know what that. you mean about those colours too because uh, Coins Road at Boomingtown out here in Longreach had the purple and yellow quarters. They might have been in a reverse order, but luckily Coins Road, when it went out, had that fluorescent look about it, which makes right. it uh, very easy to pick out then. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, just so rare, the purple and, and white with this um, stars yeah. combination. Have two in the one row. Where, where, where do you head to next, Tony? Any other meeting yeah, coming I mean, up shortly? A big one coming up at... Um, Mini Valley Cox Plate Day down at Gladstone. They, they, they packed the place to the rafters down there. I think that's on the 23rd of October. So I'll uh, meander down there and call the races there. Looking forward to that on the 23rd of October. And, uh, of course, this afternoon, I'll be wandering down to, uh, to have a look at the uh, Yapoon races. Uh, Rockhampton Jockey Club meeting down there. Got a couple of horses that uh, I was training before I got this shoulder injury. They're, they're both racing. One in the last race is called Only Emma. And uh, she's an outsider, but she's going to run a race. I can remember you buying it as a yearling, the helmet uh, filly, and she's always That's, had plenty of ability. Yeah, and she had more trouble. I used to always say she had more troubles than Donald Trump, and nothing's changed. Mm. <laughs> Tony, we hear about the helmet breed. What are they like? I've heard the colts can be a bit moody. Well, uh, Steve, I, I couldn't comment on that because I don't train colts. I only train the fillies, and the only reason I do that is because of the, uh, the advantage of the cutest system with the uh, extra 50% prize money for the fillies. But this filly... Uh, She's no problem whatsoever. Um, Chris Whiteley rode her the other day and he got up and said she's just a gem to ride. Um, no, she's been no problem to handle. She walks straight on the floor, doesn't do anything wrong at all. Um, One. Maybe I'm lucky. No, you're right. But no, she's, she's been no mm. problem. Because he was helmet. a bit of a handful himself, the horse, wasn't he, Helmet? Yeah. Well, he used to run off the track and I think he tried and savage a horse once in a race or something. But yep. he was a, it was a real uh, handful. You certainly got that right, Steve. Yep, no, it's one of the features of the breed, and we'll look forward to that last race. Now you've given us a little each-way guide there, Tony, because there's a few well, of these each-way winners got up on the weekend. Definitely, it definitely got a chance last uh, start. You just totally forget it. She was trapped wide all the way, and uh, that was the end of the story. But no, I think she'll race well. Well, good luck this afternoon. Thanks for coming on again this morning. Look forward to that big meeting in October and keep getting that shoulder mended.
Thanks for having me. Okay. Good morning, Tony McMahon. As, uh, Steve, we wrap it up with the other features out of Mount Isa, where, of course, they had the dual uh, qualification races, the Country Cups qualifier, Spring Cup, the time-honoured race up there. And Stephen Roy's uh, Quinella, the uh, event, Grand Symphony getting up over the stable, mate, loud enough. This is a glass harmonium that's uh, been in the placing three of its last four. It's a very consistent horse. It, I can remember it running behind Van Winkle at the uh, Caulfield Cup up there at the end of July. And uh, it was just too strong on the line, right on the line over uh, Dan Ballard's mount for Stephen Roy's loud enough on level eight. Sorry, Stephen, you trained the trifecta, uh, which is a unique achievement in itself, particularly in these uh, qualifiers. Uh, Grand Symphony over loud enough and level eight with Dukes County into fourth. And he's been in winning form of late as well. But the sprint race was taken out by Wicked Wiki. Uh, of course, grand campaigner as well. Three wins, two seconds. It's last five. Loves uh, this Mount Isa track. Defeated Tango Rain by only half a length, but he carried 67 kilos and Caddo into uh, third place. And uh, the other winners on the day were Del Jaria, Amanda Thompson, Shran Roy's, uh, De- uh, Denise Ballard and Dan Ballard with Shiv Carney. This has always been promising. Three wins from its last five. It defeated Cacto Blastus and All About Me. And Denise had a double. Um, Keith riding this one. Teddy Mercury, the Toronado, an ex-Victorian. First run for the stable. Got up over Stephen Roy's McKellar's voice and Dunner's. Uh, but a magnificent achievement there, Steve Roy's. The trifecta with Grand Symphony loud enough. Level eight in the Challenge Cup qualifier. And, of course, Wicked Wiki, the stampede. But there was one more, uh, and it was at Taroom. And that was the Country Cups Challenge qualifier, Leichhardt Hotel Taroom Cup over the uh, 1,400 metres, and local victory, Rodney Hay with Coach, and he's got good provincial form, this horse. He won at Rocky back, and Alicia Donald riding the win there on the Denman, first run on the track, even though trained there, defeated Brynish and Hanover Square, who, of course, has been a previous winner of the Battle of the Bush. He was trained, he's trained by Lennon Morn. Lennon, of course, got a winner with uh, Zuichi and uh, Gemma Steele in the previous race, defeating Sense of Expense and Bond Girl. Uh, Matt Crop, he got the winner out in Longreach. Well, he also got the first at Taroom with Learning Curve with Jasmine Cornish, the Artie Schiller mare, having its third run from the stable, defeating Miss Cruzy Chester's Angel into third. Craig Smith picking up the uh, money there with the cutest money, I'm No Saint, defeating Beef and Black Bean and Ironstone Gal. And this one had raced at Bar Calden on the grass track at its last run, I'm No Saint. And the other winners on the day, uh, Hannah Phillips and Mark Johnson. Good to see Mark Stable back with a winner. Auric Gold uh, taking out the benchmark 60 uh, after a fourth at Surratt last start. And Madame Etak for Dave Reynolds. Um, t- Tony was mentioning David Reynolds. Well, he had uh, a meeting out here at Tarumi. He went to and uh, Damien Boutte taking the win with Aklavik, uh, over Aklavik and Malvagio. And that's a good form line. Malvagio has been in great form. But Madame Etak, too good there. But Coach... Uh, he certainly is a, a galloper that's going to enjoy that 1,400, 1,600 of the final. He is the other qualifier that came out of the weekend. And, of course, this coming weekend, uh, we have a qualification at uh, Tara for the Tara Cup Open Handicap and a sprint there, the Open Quality. Also at uh, Tara, they're the two qualifiers for the weekend, uh, Steve, as they join those winners that we've announced this morning after the results. But the other meetings coming up, uh, that come up, of course, uh, we've got Mackay uh, coming up this Saturday. You've got the Idesville Cup, burn it to the Beach Series race day. We've got Gordon Vale that Peter alluded to, a big time honoured race meeting up there in a beautiful setting. 
Richmond Turf Club have a race meeting. Uh, the Roma Turf Club, um, this meeting's transferred from... Now, this is the one that's going to Cunnamulla, actually. It, uh, it's listed as Roma, but it's actually going to Cunnamulla. And I, I know they were chasing a race caller. I don't know how they've gone with that, but if there's any budding race callers out there, you might want to contact the um, Cunnamulla uh, Club. And Tara, as I mentioned, the Country Cups Challenge and the Stampede. And Junda was down for Sunday, but the Junda Cup comes back to Saturday, where I'll be headed this weekend. But what a great start to the series, Steve. And uh, your thoughts on you? And you, you did you did yeah. get to see it, I hope, on the Friday. Absolutely. As I keep saying, you know, these these tracks are eye-openers, aren't they? They're better than we, we envisage in our head, you know, because often when you used to read out the results, you think, oh, these little tracks and wonder what they look like. But, yeah, they're quite impressive when you get to see them. And it's, often, I said this about Stanthorpe a couple of times. Like, I was shocked when mm-hmm. I went there. This beautiful track was hidden away amongst the trees. We went to a Stanthorpe Cup Day a couple of years ago on this beautiful big grass track. I couldn't believe it. And it's only utilised once a year or twice a year. I'm just, just amazed. Anyway. And, and it's part of the Queensland uh, Racing Queensland strategy. I know Brendan Parnell champions so well when he talks about the uniqueness of our country tracks. The numbers of them obviously make them the most in Australia. But the uniqueness, you see the dry outback of Longreach. You see uh, what you said at Stanthorpe, which was replicated at Ewan and it's replicated at Twin Hills. And this weekend, we're going to go and see a whole range of different tracks again uh, through Cunnamulla, Eidsvale, Gordonvale, Junda, uh, Richmond and uh, Tara. So it's a wonderful concept that they're developing, uh, broadcasting and uh, getting vision. And it only helps these clubs to grow. And there are certainly a range of clubs doing a fantastic job. I'll proudly put my hand up and say Longreach is one of them, but Ewan is another classic example of what some clubs are able to do and achieve with the uh, hard-working committees they have. Mm. But we'll we'll be those ones next time, Steve, because I know we'll be running out of time shortly. But mm. uh, just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. And, of course, if you uh, miss today's show, you can always pick it up on uh, on the Bit Racing Australia where the uh, the link will go up. And, uh, of course, all the vision of these, these uh, race meetings... Uh, go to the Racing Queensland website, click on Racing, Replays and Non-Tab Races and you will see them all. So there's no excuse for not knowing the form anymore down the track. Just got a message. It's anonymous caller. <laughs> I have got Rob Luck's badge. <laughs> is, just, there a, is there a ransom, this, is there? <laughs> yes. They're asking for money for it. <laughs> Send, well, they better come and see me yeah. at Barker's and I'll see if I can talk them into something yeah. to buy at the they same time. Four, they want 400 for it. Anyway, so anyway, but congratulations. Might be a new way to do an auction, Steve. In all seriousness, congratulations on that, Rob. Thank you. No, but very much appreciated, uh, Steve, and uh, a wonderful honour, as I said earlier. Good morning to you. Good morning to our listeners. <laughs>